guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Still in play! Oh, what a goal! What a magnificent, absolutely stupendous strike from Kevin Karani! Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. That phrase is never more important than it is right now after freaking an embarrassing defeat. This is episode 103 of the Shock America podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Uh, joining me on the show, let's bring him right in. As always, a co-host, Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this uh, Sunday evening? Not particularly good, uh, obviously, yeah. given the nature of what occurred this weekend and how important it was. But uh, at the same time, this is what we basically predicted and expected from the very beginning. We, we've said, you know, since we restarted this season that this, this initial five-game stretch was going to be brutal. It was very much within the realm of possibility that we would lose all five games. We didn't, but we got close, only picking up the one point. To uh, Union Berlin, and you know Dortmund is is at a different level than we are right now. There's a lot of teams in the league that are a different level than we are right now. And um, from from now that we've kind of gotten through that gauntlet, we've seen a coaching change already. Um, hopefully, we can we can settle down now and, and try to build something. And I mean, I think I think safety was always going to be the goal for us this year. For the most part, was just trying to have a decent like mid table finish and not be too close to um, those end of season anxieties if you're kind of close to the relegation zone and. Um, now we just got to turn the page and, and try to get something going and see if we can make good on that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, uh, we knew, uh, going into this, like you said, what we're, what we're expecting. I mean, we, we, it was a three, three, three of the best teams in the league. We're going to be facing in the first five games. We knew it was always going to be difficult. And I think the thing I try to do after the game is tell people, look, we knew this was going to be bad. What we, no one expected anything better. I mean, the realistic fan, the, the, even the optimists of fans would say, you know, if we got three points out of this five-game stretch, would have been, you know, that would have been a great, great start. Uh, we knew the first, the top three teams, including the River Derby, we were going to get hammered more than likely. Uh, and I try to say, look, it's five games. Let's move on. Those are the gauntlets done. Let's focus on the two teams we have at hand upcoming. Them, they're, they're winnable games. You know, if we show up, <laughs> uh, so let's just move on. Forget about it. It's going to be hard. But before we do that, we should probably get into the game, huh? Because uh, a lot of things happen. Um, some good, mostly bad. Um, and then Erling Holland, of Erling Holland, of course. Uh, I guess let's get right into the lineups. Let's get this going. Um, the home team, which was not us, uh, started with goal. Obviously, Berkey was in goal this time, not hits. Uh, they went with a back four of Munier, Akanji, Hummels, and Guerrero. Uh, they went with a five-man midfield of Dahoud, Delaney, Sancho, Brandt, and Gio Reyna. And of course, up top is Erling Holland. Uh, pretty straightforward lineup from Dortmund. Only thing, only surprise for me was seeing Berkey back in net over hits. I feel like they've been uh, favoring him lately, but I guess it doesn't really matter at this point against who they who they line up against us, right? Yeah. Uh, for our team, uh, our our team was pretty standard uh, in goal. Renault back three, and we went into three five two in this one. Uh, back three of uh, Malik Tiao, Sane, Nastasic. In the midfield, we had Ludwig, Harit, Mascarell, Bentaleb, and Ochipka. And then up top, you had Robbie Matando and Gonzalo Paciencia. 
I think we all expected Paciencia to play, especially after getting a goal last game, Jack. But Matanda was an interesting uh, insertion for me. What about you? I wasn't overly surprised by that. Uh, you know, the previous week we had seen Skripsky and, and Benito Raman in the game. Um, and what I had said last week was that I, I, I assumed that was mostly because they were players that were not out in the international break using up a lot of their energy. So they, they, got, they got an opportunity that game. They were working with Baum during the break. Um, <clears throat> and so, I mean, I wasn't in, in, the, in the derby in particular. We seem to play Robbie Matondo in a lot of these big matches. Yeah, probably just because we're hoping you know his, his pace and his pace. and his work rate up top and, and ball pressure is going to do something for us. So I was I wasn't shocked by that. Um, I, I think the biggest call for me in this one was Malik Tiao in the in the back line. Um, because we saw Manuel Baum go back to a a back three in this one, and it wasn't Stambouli who got the call. And I and I think we were all probably actually fine with that if not pleased to see that so um kind of throwing that kid into the fire of the derby right off the bat but for me that was that was the standout thing in the lineup not not matando yeah and i think uh like you said he had to be an improvement over stambouli as much as we love stambouli he just doesn't have it this year it just doesn't have the legs or anything so might as well put in a fresh youngster in there see what he can do um and you knew the lineup coming in you saw with the three five two that the way baum came out was basically trying to mirror what Dortmund was doing and hoping to negate anything that would, they would try to exploit. Um, with the 3-5-2, they can go to a 3-4-3-2. Whatever, whatever Dortmund was going to throw at them, they were going to try to counter with that. Even if it's a 4-2-3-1 like we saw, they, they were able to counter that, at least in the first half. Um, I thought it was a good start to the, to the match. Uh, they tried to stay very disciplined. They pressed at times. Uh, but what you saw throughout the first 45 minutes is they kept that, that central part compact very much like Lazio did in the Champions League this past week kept it in the middle compact and forced them out wide and really uh they had a couple opportunities in the first half Dortmund did but um for the most part we kept I mean we kept them out it was a it was a decent it was probably one of our better halves in terms of defensive defensiveness out yeah I mean I think there weren't that many clear-cut chances at least not in the first half an hour or so yeah for the most part um I did think that compactness obviously hurt our ability to go forward because there seemed to be this massive gap between the two strikers and the midfield three. Yeah. So, I mean, the midfield three would usually be very, you know, tight to the, the back line or the back five, but then there'd be this huge, like no man's land where there's no Schalke presence. And so, you know, if, if a ball was cleared, um, if we were on, you know, if we were on defense and we cleared a ball forward, um, and it's a 50 50 for, you know, one of the attackers and it gets knocked backwards, like towards um, our goal. We have nobody in that area to go and be able to challenge for that. It's just like this wasted space. Yeah. And then it also became a problem with us trying to connect and build um, and get some possession going because people just weren't close enough to each other uh, to make that happen. So um, I, I think it had benefits defensively, <coughs> excuse me, defensively in the first half. But um was kind of like a two-edged sword in some ways. Uh, yeah, but it, it, interesting look that he set us up like that. It seemed kind of negative, but I think he was just trying to hope that maybe we could survive. And, and, and you know, for 45 minutes, it almost looked like that was going to pay off. It did. It did. Uh, I, I thought, you know, the, the two obvious things that stood out to me was obviously the ball retention. Uh, it seemed like Bentele was just giving it away left and right every time he got the ball. I mean, he wasn't the only one. Uh, and Paciencia looked pretty poor. I mean, he was trying to—he was expected to hold up the play and try to save it for you know, some runners coming, and he didn't do a good job of that. He kept trying to take a one-on-three at, at times, and it just kept turning it over. 
but overall, com- fairly compact in the first half, and we escaped 0-0, and I think you asked most well, Shaka fans are happy with that, I thought. We had no width either. That was the other thing. It was, yeah. it was, that, yeah, it, it was partially that gap I was talking about where the, the midfield three aren't supporting, but uh, Ochipka wasn't getting forward um, with enough consistently. Ludwig hasn't been doing that either. Uh, so, yeah, the ball would go up to Matando and, and um, <clears throat> Paciencia, and, and there would be times where – there's like three or four Dortmund defenders on one of our guys while he's trying to take something on the dribble. And it was just never going to result in anything. Yeah. And uh, I think another glaring thing for me was how much faster they were than us. Uh, as much as we, we had no, we had no width, we had no, no nothing, but we definitely didn't have any pace. Anytime it was like a loose ball, they would beat us to the punch every time. It just seemed again, uh, as we did, I, I think it was against uh, maybe Union Berlin is that that other team is always going to be faster than us. And that's a, a glaring weakness for us. Uh, we'll, and we'll get to some qu- comments and questions later about uh, what the weaknesses are for the team. But that jumped out to me for sure. But 0-0, going to halftime. We were thinking, okay, maybe this is going to work out. We're, we're going to park the bus and maybe scavenge out here with a, somehow with a draw. Uh, that's about as, as as long as that thought lasted. Uh, second half opened up. They get three goals. Uh, started out with uh, Manuel Akanji. Uh, some good work on the right-hand side, I think, between Sancho and Guerrero. Guerrero gets a shot off, saved by Renault. Uh, Akanji gets the rebound, gets goes right underneath the arms of uh, Renault. One nothing. I thought in that particular play, uh, Tiao and Nastasic were very slow to react after that. Jack, um, uh, a gut punch right there uh, early on in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Dortmund had a number of these short corner routines that they seemed to be interested in trying. Um, and it worked. Yeah, and they did. And that one was a particularly well worked one. I don't think we did anything that badly defensively off that initially. I think it was just a well worked. Routine results in that shot, and then the problem is, and I think it was, I think it was Tiao and Sane, not Nastasic on that particular. Oh one. yeah, 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 you're right. But um, but yeah, so uh, Akanji is on Tiao, and then Sane is actually behind that, almost closer to where the ball ends up off the rebound, and uh, yeah, he just reacts faster. You know, it's a, it's a loose ball. We have two guys that should be in position to challenge for that or get it. Neither of them do, and you let a center back, you know, score with his feet, um, in front of goal, which is a pretty pretty cheap way to concede. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, just when we thought things were going to be bad right there, we thought the floodgates would open. They they sort of did. Uh, just six minutes later, uh, that man, er- Erling Haaland, uh, pretty much this is all his goal. I mean, he just showed what kind of beast he was. He kind of overpowered uh, Chan Bazduan, gave it to Sancho, went on a run. Sancho found him again on that run, and they made a great little chip over uh, Renault. Uh, great goal by him, but... Uh, we could have done a lot better. I mean, Ochipka gave up on that. Nastasia seemed like he wasn't even ready for this run, even though he could see it from 40 yards away. Yes, thank uh, you. Bazdawan got out-muscled. Granted, he needed some help, but still. I mean, Halan pretty much set up the whole play. He, held, he was holding the ball for like 10 seconds before he gave to Sancho. Well, you can go on that goal. Yeah, uh, and this goal had been coming for a while in the sense that Erling Haaland had been making similar runs all game and kind of been looking for chinks in the armor. But this goal is a perfect example of what I said, at least what I believe I said last podcast, which is so much of what he does isn't genius or overly complicated. He just makes runs with consistency and commits to them. And there's, and it's, it's, it's simple stuff. I mean, like, once again, it's exactly what you said. If you, if you look at this play, I think it's Bosduan kind of stops the forward progress. Holland has to circle around. He lays the ball off. Now, when he does that, there's like a 15, 20-yard gap at least yeah. between where Herland's, where he's standing and where the back line is and ultimately where Nastasic is, which is where he makes the run. He takes off in a straight line. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't do anything weird. He runs in a straight line, and 
Nasich could see it coming the entire time and somehow still is caught out by it and is ultimately like diving, in, in, you know, and reaching out for, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm like moving away from my mic, like, you know, moving around <laughs> as I'm demonstrating this. He's ultimately like diving for this as if, you know, he was unprepared for it when he could see it coming. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, this is what Erling Holland does. He, he makes these runs and it's sometimes it's very simple stuff, but he does it with such conviction and like in, in determination and uh, yeah, it gets the ball through, and then ultimately just a ridiculous chip over runoff. It's I mean, it's a ridiculous finish. So yeah, it is. Um, I mean, props to them. I, I think I think we made it far too easy for him to get in behind, but that's what he does, and that's why he's a great player. And you know, he he can he can get the end product as well. Yeah, and I think the one difference between him and and most strikers is his first touch to get that. As soon as he gets the ball, he's it's it's it's, it's brilliant. Um, you know, many most strikers would fumble it. You know, Paciencia, if he got it, probably would fumble it before you never get the opportunity to shoot it anyway. So, two nothing, just like that. I mean, in a matter of five minutes there. Um, and we knew at that point it was over. We're, the question is, how much are we going to give up? Uh, we held on for dear life, uh, possession wise. It was just a, it was a, a landslide in that, in that regards. They would get a late goal in the 78th minute through uh, Matt Hummels off a uh, Guerrero corner kick, uh, make it three nothing. Poor marking there, and I, I don't remember if it was it was initially Ludovic, and I and I think maybe Malek Tiao picked it was, him up. Maybe it was Nasasich. Um, so Nasasich was was supposed to be man marking Hummels, and Hummels allowed um, them to get split. But I think by I think by moving into wherever Tiao was, or could have been Sane, I forget. He used somebody to pick him, but um, Nasasich never maintained body contact with him. Totally lost him. Ended up taking like a step or two um, closer to where the kick was taken than he probably should have. So he was moving backwards. Um, into that challenge and uh, just was at a disadvantage the entire time. So another poor defensive effort for him there. Um, and, uh, you know, part of the reason the three goals are ultimately uh, very frustrating is because two of them are pretty cheap, bad defensive plays, and you allow two center backs to score. It's in it, you know, yeah. it's what we said a billion times on this podcast is what I brought up again last week, which is, that Holland goal, even though I think this, you know, Matai Nasic did a bad job on that Erling Holland goal, that's still a very skillful play. Yeah. And it, you know, and it and it's coming from open play and, and it's a great finish for him to make and execute it. The other two are off of set pieces. And, you know, it's just it's it's for me, it's too cheap. You can't you can't give Dortmund those kind of opportunities. It's it's too easy. So yeah. um disappointing, but and what are you gonna do? We kind of expected that, didn't we? I mean, yeah. going into it ultimately, we kept it from scoring four goals. I guess that's one thing. But uh, shot, shot yeah, events save us the jokes, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, shots. It was it was a as one sided whole as any stat you look at. Shots eighteen to three. Shots on target seven nothing. Uh, possession seventy five to twenty five. They had almost six hundred more passes than we did. Uh, and their packet pass yeah, accuracy had like almost eight hundred passes, and we had like two fifty, like somewhere in there. Like, and, I mean, just ridiculous. Like, and that many more passes, they still had twenty percent more pass accuracy than we did. That's how bad the, the possession was in the game. And I think that's yeah, most we're like seventy five percent, right? Somewhere like that for pass accuracy, seventy five percent. We had seventy at eighty nine. I mean, gotcha. That, that's disgusting. And so, I mean, something something else to consider: um, passes per defensive action. So, for those yeah. who are not familiar with. Um, that metric, I think it basically tries to describe like how active your, your, your defense is. So it's basically saying how many passes do you allow the opposition to make before, um, as a defense, you either commit a foul, uh, get an interception, attempt a challenge or actually complete a tackle. So not even necessarily make a tackle, attempt a tackle. Um, I think Schalke's passes per defensive action. This game was like 21. We were allowing Dortmund 21 passes per defensive action, and Dortmund's was like seven. 
Um, So, I mean, that really shows you some of the issues with how active and I mean, how passive we were being in this game, sitting back deep, being very compact in the first half. So so some of that's like, you know, but still, even so, even if you are going to sit back in that shell, um, probably still not being active enough around your own final third in trying to disrupt their, you know, their attempts to prod and poke in the final third. So, yeah, I mean, issues on offense, issues on defense. Uh, I mean, the biggest issue for me in this game was, was us um, in in the midfield in, yeah. in transition play and everything. I thought I thought Bentaleb was horrific. Yes, um, I am so tired of Schalke fans on Twitter just absolutely twerking for this guy. Like he's been he's been inconsistent with with his commitment. I understand that he is on his day a fantastic player and one of the more talented guys in the squad. I don't I don't dispute that at all. And I don't dispute that he's he's had good performances, but he was terrible today. Yeah. I mean, every time he he picked up the ball, and once again, I understand it. You know, it, people aren't necessarily open or nearby him. It's not it's not easy to complete passes for anybody in this team right now. But in you know, missed passes he absolutely should have made. So he was inaccurate with them. He would just hoof long balls up directionless immediately and, and just give possession away. And it's not even like he you know he was near somebody who was making runs. Just just terrible. Um. So I'm kind of getting into like player grades now, transitioning a little bit. Um, just a couple comments I wanted to make about okay with you. Um, Harit, the one thing I will say for Harit is I thought he was defensively engaged for pretty much the entire game. He played. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, yeah, when it yeah, when, no, when no. it, I feel like as the team goes, Harit goes. So if Shalk is playing well, Harit's probably playing well, and he's pretty energetic and pretty engaged. And if we're you know in the midst of a really bad run of form, Harit tends to be a little bit more low energy, and you know doesn't really seem to be putting in quite quite the effort and his, yeah. his performances certainly dip i thought at least today despite the fact that we were playing so poorly and barely had any possession and we're losing i thought he was at least defensively engaged and seemed to be kind of like hustling to, you know to his spots to, to apply pressure so that to me is a good sign at least that he has you know uh, manuel bomb has his attention and maybe has the attention of some of these guys and, and they're at least putting an effort in at this point which you would hope you know under a new regime this early but um so that was like one positive thing I could try to spin from what <laughs> was ultimately a bad performance. Now, do, do you think that, you know, being so engaged defensively took away from his offensive uh, contributions? Because I, I don't, I didn't find him do anything offensively with the ball. Um, like I said, he was definitely engaged defensively, but every time they, they had the ball for whatever few seconds it was, he just wasn't around at all to do anything. And a couple of times they did get into the box for, for Dortmund or in the, in the final third, but still, uh, not many of the guys are doing anything. And then eventually, like you said, crazy through balls that would not go through three guys. They still attempted and turned it over and went the other way. Um, it was it was very frustrating. I think some of that got better when you saw Chan Bosnawan and Katuchu come on because I thought, and this is what I always say about, I mean, and actually I, I, I do want to mention something about Katuchu in terms of which may be a justification for why he's not playing. But um, Katuchu was dropping deeper yeah, and was trying to combine with the midfield, which is something he does consistently all the time. And what I was saying is in the first half, there was that massive gap between yeah. where Matondo and Paciencia were and yeah. where you saw Mascarell and yeah. And, and Bosduan was a little bit better in terms of showing for the ball and getting open. And then Katushi was dropping deeper. It seemed to increase the tempo of our possession a little bit in terms of the passes. And obviously we still had very little possession in the second half, but I thought it at least um, opened things up a little bit, which is the most positive thing I could say about it. Um, as for Katushi, uh, and I say this as a man of considerable mass myself, so I feel like I have some authority on the topic. Guy looks overweight. He does, doesn't he? Or is it either Kachuchu, his jersey's really big or he, he gained some weight? He 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 looks like he may have not stayed on top of his his fitness during 
you know, the preseason or during the break yeah. or whatever. He he looks like he had lost a step. He looked like he was a little bit heavy. Maybe that has something to do with it. If that's the case, he looked then, very slow. He did look very slow. Yeah. And I and I still thought he was like lively in terms of his oh, energy yeah. levels and was still trying to do stuff. I just um yeah, I will say that. So that that was I guess I hadn't really noticed that during preseason or anything. We never saw him. Um <laughs> but there you go. So maybe that's part of it. And if that's the case, I can't really I can't really complain yeah. about it. But at least we saw you know him him play those cards um relatively early on something we've talked about with Wagner previously is just his his refusal to make substitutions until the last 10 minutes of the game and at least Baum is is changing things up and trying things yeah and and I, and we at least, no wait wait or not uh I know Katusha did score for the U23s uh the week before had a goal and assist I think in that in a 3-0 one that they had but um yeah that's that's an interesting take and I and I did notice he was slow and that's a good catch I'm gonna have to like pay closer attention now to see if he is, if that is the case uh, if, if that is the case, you know, that's not being a professional. You need to get back into shape and try to get your place into the team, especially when you got a new regime here, you know. So, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, playing. I get the mentality of trying to play park the bus against a team that's so, so, so good offensively. But that, that tactic only works if you can counterattack with pace. And we don't have that pace. So it, it seems like we're going to get the, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna we can't help. even, we can't even connect two or three passes no, to initiate a counterattack. Yes, I mean, exactly. we can't even launch them. No. Yeah, I mean, so I, I I agree with you. Like, I I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, that that's a legitimate strategy to employ. But we, I mean, we're we're so inefficient right now in possession that we can't even launch a counterattack because almost every time we pick up the ball, it's it's hoofed away or there's no one open. And it's it, yeah, it was a huge problem all game long. And a couple of times I did see guys like Mascarell or Chipka try to do a cross pitch, change the you know change the play, uh, change the side of the play, and and try to get someone over the top like Robbie Matondo especially, but. The pass is never strong enough to get over, you know, over Hummels or whoever's on that on the left hand side, and it was turn it over immediately. I mean, it was a decent idea. Uh, a couple of times it did get it over the top, but it was way too far, and either Berkey got it or went out of bounds. So, I mean, overall, it was just like, a poor strategy. Do you know what our um, our crossing accuracy was according to Y Scout? Negative twenty. Not applicable because we <laughs> attempted zero crosses in the game. Wow. Which wow. shows you one how infrequently we were in a position to really play those, but also two the lack of width we had. I mean everything. I mean we were just non-existent. We had like two shots, no crosses. There was nothing happening offensively for us. Um, and, and the funny part about that is, you know, one of our opportunities that we had, uh, the the Paciencia shot off that flicked on uh, Matondo header, which was actually a nice nice moment um, for us. Uh, at that point, it was still zero zero. Yeah, and if we have we had converted that and then Batano had that back heel off the corner kick immediately after where he was offside because Ibisevich hasn't been able to overrule the training that Bergstaller put on Matondo so far but like <laughs> but at that point if we had scored we actually still would have been in the league it's just it was really you know a second half a yeah. second half collapse but like yeah I mean you can't expect to go to Dortmund and get a result not even a win but a result if you're going to attempt two shots in the game it's yeah. just not it's not it's it's total non-football. We're not playing football at all at the moment. We're not passing, we're not doing anything. We did not look like a Bundesliga squad in that game. I just it was just pretty poor all the way around. Um Renault had a couple of big saves, but what are you gonna do? You're not gonna help he's not gonna help either. So it, it was a poor game. Um and people said, you know, after the game, like, oh, how can you be so positive? It's like, well, you know, considering watching the game, I'm like, yeah, but Look how we did against Union Berlin last week. We did, there was improvements, and all we're looking for are some improvements to build upon, you know, some building blocks, and go from there. I don't even necessarily think it's positive positivity from the two of us. I think it's that this is what we said was going to happen. Yeah. This is us. I mean, from in, the preseason, not, we said this. Yeah, we're not trying to be fatalistic. We're not. We're not saying, oh, you know, we're going down. We're going to get relegated. We're not. We're not being defeatist in that perspective. But we're saying 
this opening schedule is tough. We don't believe that Wagner is going to have the team in a position where he's changed much. So like, this is what we expected. And, and like any, anyone who's going into this game, yeah, I know it's the Derby and anything can happen, but like Dortmund is a better team than us. They should beat us three nil probably right now. Yeah. And I mean, you can't argue with the result on the balance of the play. We did not, we didn't deserve anything from that game. No. We had a, we had a decent first half, but only decent in the sense that we didn't allow them many opportunities. We did virtually nothing offensively. It's, I mean, it's, it's very, you know, hope for a nil nil draw football type stuff from us at the moment. I forget who I was talking with before the match uh, on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter. And and they were talking about how this is probably the the least talented team we've had going into a derby. The the biggest disparity uh, between the two teams, right? Uh, since probably, you know, the year that we almost won the title and Dortmund beat us in the last game. It was probably that's probably the last time that the teams have been so far apart talent-wise. Uh, and it was it was I mean, anyone could see that this was going to be a disaster of a game for for Schalke going into this and would needed a miracle to, to come out with a, just a draw on this. And we saw, maybe there, you know, Lazio did some things uh, in the Champions League that maybe Schalke could have drawn from. And I think that's why they went with a 3-5-2 and played so compact. But you still need pieces to make that work. And they don't have that at the moment. And not having, not keeping the ball is the biggest thing. Like you said, the midfield, not holding possession, not creating opportunities. It's, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, And it's, it's, it's hard for me to believe that it's, you know, the talent level necessarily or the coaching. It's like you're, you're telling me that if Ben Slub's on a different team or Harit's on a different team, they're still going to be incapable of like completing passes in the midfield. Yeah. It could, I mean, it could be psychological. The confidence and the psychology of this team could be entirely so shot that like they just. Baum was, Baum was seen with the psychologist, team psychologist uh, after the game. Was he? Uh, yeah, Monday. What, what, today, today at training. They, they, you saw him in the practice and he was on, on the sideline Today's talking to psychologist. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what day it is anymore. Monday. <laughs> Monday, Sunday, whatever. But he he was today uh, seen at the training pitch uh, with uh, the team psychologist talking to him and stuff. So it must be that. Like you said, because these guys, they did not, I mean, they're not, are they the most talented guys in the world? No, but they got some talent. They can make some passes. They did some pretty decent play last year, you know, in the beginning of the season. So it has to be a mentality thing. And, uh, you know, like I said, a goal goes in and they drop their heads typically. That's not a good mentality to have. You want to have that fighting mentality and want to get back into it and try to fight to get that goal back, which we kind of saw in the Union Berlin match last week. But for the most part of the season, anytime a goal goes in, head goes down, more goals get in. It's a vicious circle for, for us at the moment. Um, anything else on this, on this game you want to talk about before I get into the, the comments and questions? Because there were some. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's still fairly difficult to to judge um, what Paciency is doing for us so far, just because, I mean, it, it's always going to be difficult to, you know, strikers, generally speaking, are, are, are primarily judged on the balance of their attacking play and what they do in terms of those contributions. When we don't have the ball, it's hard for them to affect the play. So it's hard for me to really come up with how I feel about those guys. But um, defensively, there's still individual mistakes happening too often. Um, you know, uh, some some problems with alertness in terms of you know, like once again the reaction to the Guerrero deflection or the reaction to the the Holland run on the Stotches play, all these kinds of things. Um, I don't know. It's it, yeah, we're in a tough spot, but now we just gotta take an opportunity to play some teams that are off to a slightly slower start. I mean, I mean, honestly, Stuttgart's not. They're pretty high yeah. up the table right now. What they got eight points so far. Yeah. Um, but you know, Wolfsburg's like mid table, and Mainz is obviously bottom of the table. Um, that Mainz game is going to be huge. And, yeah. and I hate saying that, but like, 
I mean, if we could get three points in that game, that's big. It's going to give us a little gap between them. And they, and a lot of people figure that they're going to be at the bottom, you know, come the end of things. So, um, yeah, it's just, just got to move on. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that upset about this game. And that's the, that's the, that's the damn thing. Yeah. No, no Shackle fan is pissed off about this match because we're so like desensitized to it. Now we're like, Oh, we're going to lose. So who cares? Whatever. I mean, and, you know, a couple, a few years ago, many years, ten years ago, if we lost the game, we'd have been furious for a week. And it's now it's not even the case because we're just like, eh, we knew we lose, we suck anyway, whatever. And and yeah, but once again, I, I, for at least for us, I, I feel like it's not that level of defeatism. It, oh, it's, no. it's it's mostly oh, no. just us looking at it as as unbiasedly as possible and saying, this is where the squad is. We're probably not going to win this game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but and what we're saying for the for the future is Shukart, we might have a chance, and Mainz, we certainly have a chance. So yeah. let's see how it goes. It's not it's not over yet. It's a bad start to the season, but we've had worse starts to the season a couple times within the past yeah. few years, yeah. technically. So yeah. I mean, like it, it feels darker right now than it almost ever has, and it's kind of funny because it actually isn't even the darkest start that we've had to a season recently. No. But yeah, it, it's it's sad that this is happening this consistently. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we are are one of the most longest. I think we're tied for second most longest uh, winless streak in uh, Bundesliga history. I think only one team has got thirty one in a row. So we got ten games to go to catch them. So hopefully we don't. Um, we asked for comments and questions about the game, and uh, we got some. Uh, Glenn Collins uh, from Facebook says, "Going into this was not expecting much, but Baum has definitely changed the defensive setup for the better. Midfield was non-existent. We agree." Had high hopes for Harit, but he was no more than a passenger. Paciencia had no first touch and felt like no striker made a meaningful run until Ramon came in late in the game. Again, hard to judge strikers in midfield when they can't move the ball to open up space, kind of what you were saying. And uh, we, we are seeing uh, the one thing we are seeing from Baum is they're a little bit more disciplined. Um, we saw that against Union Berlin. We saw a little bit in the first half against, uh, against Dortmund and can't really judge him on, on Leipzig because that was two days, two days' notice on that. So um, I agree with that sentiment pretty much whole, wholeheartedly. Uh, how about you? The, the the comment about Harit, I mean, the one thing I would say is that I don't think that position with quite that level of defensive responsibility is what we're going to be typically asking Harit to do this season. Yeah. Could be wrong about that. What we saw in terms of you know a shape and sort of an approach and setup is, is not what I would expect Manuel Baum to be trying to get us to play more often than not. For the rest of the season, I feel like this was a a, a reaction, so yeah. yeah, solely to the opponent and the occasion. Yeah, trying to be as negative possible to to you know to try to eke out a result. So yeah, Harit wasn't involved, and the midfield in general was terrible. But I don't think Harit's going to be playing, you know, um, an RCM with a lot of defensive responsibilities as his primary role going forward. Yeah, I mean, and Baum is more known for a four-two-three-one type of uh, you know midfield as opposed to three-five-two. So. Um, there's that. Um, next question or next comment, comment and question, I guess, is from Paul Forrester. Uh, he says, you know, he's talking about how the, the discrepancy between uh, their shots versus our shots and, and this and that. Um, ultimately, he says, you know, completely we're schooled in every measure. Where do you see the best opportunities are for improvement? And the second question is, uh, I guess part of that is maturation of the young players, buying into and gelling into a new system. Playing time. What What do you think, Jack? Uh, are the the best areas for for opportunities for improvement in this team? I, I mean, I think you'd have of those options. I think it would have to be us really gelling in and buying into whatever system Manuel Baum's trying to implement. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's so dysfunctional right now that I think you know even a even a twenty five or fifty percent improvement in that area would have significant impact on what we're seeing 
on the pitch more than just, you know, maybe getting an extra 10% out of Matondo or Katuchu or Ludwig or somebody like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I still, I still think it's important for us to, to play the youngsters and get them involved and have them rotating into the squad on a consistent basis. But um, yeah, more than anything, it's that I hope that Manuel Bomb's able to get his ideas across and, and get them to buy in and, and adopt a new way of playing and, you know, improve things that way. I, I agree, and I think uh, as part of what either Stefan Freund or, or Phil Bonney said on the telecast is that he needs to work on their cohesion. Once they become a cohesive unit, things will improve. They'll be gelling into the system and, and that kind of stuff. Um, they're not playing as a team whatsoever. They're not really fighting for each other just yet. And I think once they once they all buy into the system, I think things will start coming, you know, start going their way a little bit more. Um, you know, the younger players will improve with game time. I, I do think that, but it's some of the veterans that need to be shaping up and, and, and getting better as well. I mean, look, we just talked about Bentaleb and Ochipka and, and some of these other guys had pretty bad games overall. And they're already, they're, you know, they're, they're past their peak at this already. So, you know, I think it's just, if they can gel into the system, all buy in, then maybe we'll see some improvement with this team. Um, you know, some other, some of the other ways it, it might help, but this is probably the, the number one way that the team will improve, I think, going forward. Um, do you, do you think it's time for, Hamza Mendel to get a shot. Why not at this point? Why not at this point? I, I think the it hurt me when I heard that uh, Ut would be out of the game for this one because at least he would have been some spark maybe. Watching the game now it probably wouldn't have mattered at all, but might as well give Hamza Mendel an opportunity. He's got pace at least, right? He's got to be faster than, than half the guys out there, so why not? Maybe, I don't want to see him as a striker, but I, I'd like <laughs> to see him. I'd like to see him. Just see what he's got. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't think that this is a reaction to you know, or, or Chipka putting in a particularly like awful, awful game or anything like that. Um, and I, I still, I still rate him and, and believe that he's a player who can put in a solid shift and be a dependable option. Yeah. I just feel like um, so far this season, what he's brought uh, in possession and going forward offensively has been a little bit less than what he's brought previously. Maybe the stats won't bear that out. That's just kind of a feeling I've been getting. Um, and I feel like at the moment we kind of we kind of need something. We need anything. We need some spark. And uh, you know he, he's played basically every minute for us so far, and I wouldn't mind rotating somebody else in. And yeah, as critical as I've been of, of Hamza Mendel in the past, I think it's time to give him, you know, at least sixty minutes in a game to start off and see what he can do, um, yeah. and then go from there. This next comment is uh, from Misha Henschel, and uh, I'm going to try to do it justice. It was Bleh! that was the comment for the game, so. Uh, Joseph, Fair. yeah, Joseph says, uh, first half was okay, second half, effing disaster. Um, Schalke spirit in shambles, not Baum's fault or Naldo's, it's the team's fault. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Um, because what happened to David Wagner is very reminiscent of what happened to Domenico Tedesco. Yep. And is reminiscent of, of I mean, still what Bomb only just inherited this. It's not as if, you know, yeah. he's turned things around in the time, you know, but this, what we're seeing is still sort of that same trend of, of that just utter capitulation the second that we go down for the most part outside of the Union Berlin game where we seem to fight back. And some of this just could just be we're bad. And so it seems like we're not trying to fight back because the opponents are just better and we can't really get back into the game. But it, it does seem like there's sort of like an inertia to how quickly the game gets out of hand once that first goal goes in. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. 
Well, I think uh, many of us thought what Michael Halloran uh, said in this one. He says, uh, we suck. <laughs> uh, point blank. That's it. Uh, David Thielen, David Thielen says uh, there was improvement on the defensive side, but as long as we're we're so harmless in the attack, it's all irrelevant. Sure, hope we can break the winless streak for Stuttgart, but they have been doing quite well. We've talked about that. Where they're up, they're up what eight points in the season so far. Uh, great start for them. Um, another comment was here comes uh, relegation. Uh, we went to Reddit, asked some questions, and uh, we got a question back from Reddit saying. Uh, thoughts on the lack of a strong vocal captain that bleeds royal blue like we've had in the years past contributing to this horrid run. That's the first part. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, Nalo's now there on the sideline, which is going to help. But Stambouli's been there for a while. You think they listen to him. Mascarell can only do so much, I think. That could be it. I maybe, mean, but- it's, it's, it's what we thought Fairman was going to be this season. Yes. Which was a huge part of the reason why he was going to be brought back and, and put, given the, the opportunity to start again, was so that we have that on the field leader who has a, a long history of being in that role and also just being with the club. Um, unfortunately, he had that injury and, and Runov has replaced him. And honestly, Runov might not give him his job back, uh, depending on how he continues to play. I think it's, I think it's yeah. certainly up in the air, at least. Um, I think, I think re signing Benjamin Stambouli was. was uh, a move that was sort of in that direction as well. Only problem with that is, you know, the early returns on Stambouli this season are showing that he's not good enough to be on the field, and it's hard to have an on-the-field captain when he's on the bench, and yeah. justifiably so. So, yeah, we, we have we have an issue, and obviously you can't rely on – I'm not trying to be like – you know, I'm not trying to be mean uh, and, and pile on people, but it's not like you're going to rely on Harit and Bentaleb to be those guys. So I, th- I think your leaders on the field are like Mascarell, yeah, and then like maybe Salif Sane and Ochevka, yeah. maybe maybe those guys. But you know, I do feel like when when goals are scored, there's times where Sane kind of looks around like in bewilderment, like at yeah, his teammates, he and he Every often time. has. Every yeah, time. He, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think he's good. Over, I think he's still yeah, yeah. our best center back overall. I just feel like yeah, he he points the finger a little bit and doesn't look at himself. So I don't know if he's necessarily the right guy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation. Um. Yeah, you you wish you had some super experienced veteran presence who had been at the club for fifteen years that was on. The, I mean, that's why Fairman was closest to that. We just don't have it at the moment. And yeah, um, yeah and th- there's guys that once again that are on loan. There's, so there's a lot of people that aren't even like actually part of the club that are that are getting minutes too. They, they don't have that investment because they're not they're not here long term. Uh, it's a tough situation, Brian. Oh, by the way, Rudy got his uh, second assistant. Don't games. don't. <laughs> Uh, this next question. I'd rather talk about Franco DeSanto than talk about whatever Sebastian Rudy's up to. Well, since you brought him up, no, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of the question was, and it kind of you know goes back to our mentality question, which was, why is the most hard effort coming from the youngsters? Isn't that a problem all player based? And you understand why the youngsters are, have the heart and passion because they just want to get on the pitch and get it, show their opportunity, show that they're good enough to play. But yeah, the veterans, why aren't they stepping up? You know, when the goal goes down, why their 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 heads should not be going down. Their heads should be going up and you know, yelling at everybody else, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it seems to not be there right now. And it's it's a mental thing. It has to be. Yeah, I mean it's a pervasive problem. I don't think it affects only um one part of the squad or you know, affects the squad more heavily in a certain age group. I think it's I think it's across the entire squad. Yeah. Um and I would agree that if anything, I think the younger players are just slightly more energetic because they're just that much, that much hungrier. Um, 
Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling for words right now. It's like it's. I have. I'm in this weird like place where I'm just kind of numb. It's like, zone. Yeah, this is what I thought would happen, and it's still upsetting because it's Dortmund, and it's the Revere Derby. But like, I, I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, I can't expect anything different. And you're kind of in the situation where you're like, I think we're gonna be okay, hopefully down the road. But it, it, it really happen. is. It really is more hope than based on anything we've seen. Uh, so yeah, we're. we're I mean, it, yeah, there's a chance we're looking back at this moment in the season fondly at some point, but. Um, I'm I'm just I'm really just trying to kind of keep an open mind, remain calm, and, and see where we go from here. A lot of people were tweeting after the game saying, "This is why we should drop to this fight the Bundesliga, regroup, and then come back up." And I'm like, "You do not realize how hard this fight the Bundesliga is." Yeah, Hamburg's been down there for a couple of years now. They can't get back up because the rest of the teams are good down there. Believe me, it's difficult. And as someone made a good point. Uh, one of my friends said, "Actually, you know what?" Schalke is being very similar to uh, Sunderland. If you watch the Sunderland series, you know how they were so good, and all of a sudden they drop and went to obscurity, basically in the, in the third league. That could happen as well. That could equally as happen as them coming right back up, you know, right away. It, the chances are it's going to take them a minute, and they better regroup well if they do drop because there's a, there's some good teams down there uh, that that want to come up, and it's going to be a difficult fight. So. Yeah, right I, I I don't think this is why we should have gone down to this fight of Bundesliga to regroup, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think this is why we should have let go of David Wagner and not given him the entire preseason. Yeah. Um, if we had given somebody like Manuel Baum the entire preseason, we don't um, have money, by the way, so we we couldn't regroup. You know, that's yeah. part of the problem. So you know, we would just go into obscurity like Kajaslauten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know? you're, you're you're losing a lot of the players you have because they're not going to. They're not going to accept that. They're going to they're going to move elsewhere. Yeah, and for bargain basement prices, because we're not going to be in a position to sell. We have no leverage, like less than we do right now. Which yeah, is, you know we're already not getting the, the deals we'd like to see. Um, yeah, this is why we should have dropped Wagner sooner because I think a lot of us felt that there was a chance that Wagner wasn't making it through the first five games. And if that's the case, why not give somebody else a couple months to build with the squad and, and you know so we're not playing catch up. And it, yeah, it's just it, it it screams of just really poor management from Jakob Schneider. Um. And it's unfortunate because, you know, Schalke fans saw this coming from a, from a while away. And uh, I understand there's financial realities at the club and that job is a lot harder than it, than it might appear sure, to us. And there's a lot, there's a lot more than goes into it, but it, it's just frustrating when as, as, as supporters and people that are, you know, that care and, and are fairly well educated on the subject that you can see this coming and, and we're saying, eh, I don't know if we want to be doing that. And then it kind of works out exactly how we thought. And we're like, you know, why aren't the people in charge kind of... It's like the Halong goal. It's like the Halong goal. Yeah. You saw it coming. Didn't do anything about it. And went right by and scored. Like, huh, what did that happen? Yeah. Anyway, last question that I saw on Reddit was... Uh, uh, the question is, in the squad, what one trait do you think we are missing the most? Finishing, short passing, off the ball movement. And this is difficult to place. Um, for me, I would probably say... I mean, I want to say finishing because we can't score for freaking to save our jobs. But, uh, you know, we well, we saw in the Dortmund game is possession. We couldn't hold the ball to save our lives. I mean, two seconds. We couldn't make two passes, three passes. Yeah. Our, our problem last year, and for the most part, like when in the in the past when we've played poorly, it's mostly been that we are creating very few chances. But yeah. We're still getting to the final third sometimes, and we're we're still you know having a yeah. decent share of possession. Um, what we've seen more recently is that we, we have no ability to even possess the ball. Um, our only hope is is, is counterattacks. Our only hope is long balls over the top. Like I mean, it's one thing to say we need finishing, but before you can finish, you need to you need to have a chance created. You need to be in front of goal, and we're not yeah. getting there enough. So yeah, I would say that 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 transitional play and 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 
possession in general is where you know the most work needs to be done. Um, you know, it's 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 as you pointed out earlier in the podcast, Dortmund had you know close to 800 passes, and we had you know 260 200, something like yeah. you know what I mean. Like I mean, it's a huge disparity. And their pass accuracy was far better than ours, and they had that many more. That's ridiculous. So that game is done and dusted. River Derby came and went. Um, the next five, if you look at the next five games, there's some winnable games in this group, right? Uh, you got you got Stuttgart, you got Mainz. They're both winnable. Wolfsburg and, and oh, I should say two winnable games, maybe. Wolfsburg, you, you, it's a chance you can win that. But then you got Gladbach and Leverkusen to end that. Well, well clearly Gladbach's the one we got to circle because playing them is going to trigger <laughs> trigger the. They're the ones that started it. It'll change it. Yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe. yeah, and and then we'll we'll win every single game, or you know, <laughs> we we'll have a um a, a streak where we don't have zero points ever we'll, we'll score points in every game until there the next you time you play gladbach that's that's my optimistic <laughs> write that down yeah. <laughs> the next one though is against stuttgart like you mentioned um it's going to be an easier game than the Dortmund. it should be it should be uh currently they sit in fourth place on eight points but uh many people found them that they're, they're probably thinking that they were going to be relegated this season you know after the season uh this, this started out very well new american head coach there uh but um, this is not a team like a Leipzig or a Dortmund or, or a Bayern. So Schalke has a, a decent opportunity to get a result in this one, this and Mainz in the, in the following week. Um, the next two games are going to be big for Schalke, I think. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's early in the season, but still, you know, Mainz is going to be a big test, obviously, because they're basically level with us. Um, and Stuttgart as well, they're, they're a team that is not, it's probably going to be they're punching above the weight for sure. I don't, I don't see them lasting in the top you know, top. 18 eight spots a season uh so what they do how they bounce back is going to be a, a big tell and i think we did see the uh the psychology team psychologists out there with baum in training that obviously they're gonna be working on that uh, but i think finding a way to get possession string some passes together get back to that creativity go back to that four two three one that was working that seemed to work against union um just try something because uh, what we saw against dortmund was uh not cutting it whatsoever yeah the, i mean the Stuttgart game just because they're newly promoted, you would think it would be easier, but obviously they're off to a decent start. Uh, the mind scheme is the important one, and I, I don't want to use the the phrase like relegation six pointer because I'm yeah. not I'm so not trying to, to, yeah I'm not trying to be that that pessimistic and suggest that we're going to be in a relegation fight. But um, given that we are playing very poorly at the moment and are at the bottom of the table, um, the games against teams that you would expect to be also in the bottom of the table take on a little bit more importance in general if you're going to try to establish that that distance in that space. So that's going to be a big one. Um, you know, I think if we, if we don't have a good performance against Strickart and then Mainz go out and grab three points against us, then I think we can be maybe in a position where we need to start being very concerned. But um, yeah, I still am kind of waiting to see what we're going to do coming out of this stretch of tough games. And um, you would like to think that it's like a, <laughs> I know, I know football doesn't work this way, but it's like baseball when you're in the you're in the on deck circle and you got the donut on the bat to add a little weight and it's yep. like you take the donut off and you feel like it's going to be a little bit easier, um, you know, increase your swing speed or whatever, um, you know, maybe playing Leipzig, Dortmund, Bayern that early in the season we're, we're used to some of those better teams and, and it's going to make it easier to play against you know you some of the, the the rest of the field. That's that's the hope I can have, but you yeah, know, who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, any. What little positivity I guess we can take going into Stuttgart is uh, they just played Cologne, uh, Cologne, and uh, they drew them one-one. Uh, Cologne basically in the same spot as we are. Uh, they're a struggling team as well. Uh, Stuttgart do play in the three-four-two-one. Uh, and you look at the, that game; it was the possession was almost fifty-fifty. 
uh, slightly towards Stuttgart, but the shots, I mean, uh, Cologne had so much more shots than, than Stuttgart did. And so maybe there's an opportunity there defensively that we can try to get some crosses and a cross in for once uh, and, and try to get, and try to get an opportunity to score, but um, they're going to play a lot better uh, possession wise, ball possession, uh, pass creativity and all that stuff to have a chance and give Paciencia and, and Ibisevic and whomever else is up top uh, an opportunity to score some goals. That's all we can ask. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it, it certainly figures to still be kind of a rotating cast of characters up there. So um, there, there, there would seem to be a lot of guys that are going to have an opportunity to, to make that difference and secure a spot. So uh, maybe Manuel Baum is going to keep plugging new guys in until we start scoring some goals and see how it goes from there. Yeah, and and there's also you know the one the one cloud that's hanging over all of this is you know with second wave emerging and and Europe now um, Spain just went into uh, another state of emergency there. Who knows if the Bundesliga is going to see the whole season out, right? So um, yes. that could be the one saving grace, but we're not going to hope for that. For hell no. But yeah, you know, it, it, it figures to be it figures to be a very long winter in America, and uh, there's a chance yeah. that it could be a long winter in Europe as well. So exactly. hopefully, hopefully not, but we'll see. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you want to wrap on this before we go? Because it was, it was just a horrid weekend. Keep the faith, y'all. Try to stay positive. Support the team. Not get too down. Not get too defeated. Let's let's try to, you know, give Baum a chance. Still back the players to whatever extent we can. Yeah. No, I, I agree totally about that. Um, keep tuning in each week. Uh, hopefully, we got better news each week as we bring the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we want to thank Shalka and our followers for providing us tidbits for our podcast tonight. If there are any topics, as always, you'd like us to discuss uh, or any guests you want us to bring on, just send us a tweet at Shalk America. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Very good. And once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.